0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. We've been speaking this whole month on thankful, but today if you like titles for a message, you want to write something down as a heading, write down the image of Christ. Thankful in the Scripture is a lot more than being polite. It's more than just the right thing to do. Well, you know, God gave you something. Well, I ought to say thank you. It's more than saying grace. I think of all the movies I've watched in my life, probably the most poignant of all the movies, probably the most powerful uh, scene in any movie I remember is that one at the end of Saving Private Ryan. It actually opens the movie and then you see the face of the old soldier morphing into the face of the star actor who I don't even remember. Well, no, no, not Tom Hanks. Who's the young guy? Ben Affleck? Matt Damon, Matt Damon. that's him. Shows you what I know. Uh, and it changes into his face. Then at the end of the movie, the final scene is of uh, no longer Matt Damon, and now it's this older chap standing in front of a great sea of crosses. And he stands in front of it and he says something like this. Tell me that my life was worth it. The sacrifice of all those people to rescue the one man. He says, tell me that it was worth it. I want to live worthy of your sacrifice. I believe that to be a follower of Christ it's more than just lifting your hands or reading the Bible or or any of that stuff. I believe that our very lives demonstrate how thankful we are. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see, listen to it, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. After God made that decision of what His children should be like, He followed it up by calling people by name. You are not here today by accident. You are not here simply because of the influence of a friend or a work colleague or a message you heard or a TV show you might have watched on the gospel. But every single one of us are here because God knew your name and God called you by name. You may not have heard it like a voice but he selected you, he called you by name. But I believe that he knows the names of the six billion people on the planet and he knows all their names regardless of their background. Regardless, I may not be able to pronounce your name properly, but he certainly can. And he calls you by name. And once he does that, he then goes on and says, he set them then on a solid basis With himself. He calls you and then he begins to establish you so that you can walk with him. He doesn't want. Long distant relationships. He doesn't want friends afar off. He's not after likes on Facebook or Instagram. He's not after social media followers. He's after people that have been set on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, it says, he stayed with them to the end. Turn to someone right now and say, he's with you to the end. He's not quitting on you. He's staying with you to the end, gloriously completing what He'd begun. He started it. Now He intends to finish it. If you are here today, and if you are listening via the podcast, watching this on the web, wherever you may be around the world, if you are watching this and you say, I have begun a walk with Christ That verse there says God intends to finish your life incredibly well. Not in some half-baked, measly, slack fashion. He's not simply going to get you over the line. I've heard people say that, you know, when they get to heaven, all the angels up there will all be worn out trying to get this poor bedraggled Christian into the doors, in through the pearly gates. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Holy Spirit intends to make you and to make me into something beautiful and something brilliant, something glorious, something that is so brilliant to look at. I know sometimes you might find that hard to believe about your life. You might be able to not be able to see the end. You might go, God, are you sure? Some of us that have been following Christ a long time still can feel like, God, there's still so much work to do. We are so far from what we need to be, but God has predetermined what you and I will look like. We will look like the image of Christ. We're going to end up looking like his son. All the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine is about producing the image of Jesus in us, both individually and corporately. Everything that the Holy Spirit does in your life. He's active all day, every day, never takes a day off, never misses. He's constantly at work in your life, shaping you. There are days when you wonder if God remembers your name or address. There are days when you struggle. There are days when it seems like you look more like the other guy than Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is there. And because He's God. I spoke to a young man on, uh, what night was that? Friday night at dinner. Uh, Tim McDonald, who was here last week. You know, famous uh, free diver. Been up, working up in Exmouth. And they were filming and all this stuff. And the young man with him came from New York just for one day. And Hal, if you're watching this, uh, what a great young man he was. But you know, young Hal was was asking uh, uh, Tim about following Christ. And Tim said, Jeff, what would you say to somebody who says I haven't felt anything yet? I said, I'd say what? I'd say to anybody, whether they feel it or no, I would say that we need a Saviour and the very first name of Jesus means Saviour, His first name, not Lord, not Christ, the anointed one. His first name is Saviour, why? Because He's still saved. And I want to tell you that if he's been saving for 2,000 years, he can keep on saving you. And if he got you to believe in him and to accept him, trust me, he can still keep saving you every day of your life. I still need a saviour every day of my life. And he's producing an image. Now, the word image here in verse 29, the word image, and I'm not trying to be clever, but I do have a smartphone and a few things on there that let me look stuff up. The word image here literally means a faint copy. In Ephesians, it says Jesus is also the express image of God, but it's a completely different word. The word express image means an exact replica. In other words, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. He's an exact replica, but that's not the word here talking about you and I. I'm sorry to tell you this morning, you are not an exact replica of Jesus. How many of you, is that a shock to? How many of you thought you already looked like him completely in every single way? Well, it says here, it's a faint copy. And then if you dig one level further down, and this is important, I'll come to it later. It comes from a root word that means to yield. As we yield to the Holy Spirit and God's purpose, we become a copy, a copy of Jesus. Some of you will remember how to do this. Soft lead pencil, 50 cent piece. Watch how it works. It'll come up on the screen for you. Hello, this is like MasterChef. Here's one I prepared earlier. There it is. Anybody ever do this when you're a kid? How many of you say, no, we were too poor. We had to use five cent pieces. (laughs) Just hold the, the image there, please, if you can, at the end. That's the one right there that I drew. The other day when Mitch filmed that for me. Now, no one is ever going to think that this image is actually the coin. You can't cut that out, go in and sell one. Well, what can you buy for 50 cents anyway? Not quite sure. Whatever it is. Can't cut out two of them. Now, what can you buy for a dollar? You can't cut out six of them and go and get a coffee in our cafe. Nobody that you gave that to is ever going to think that this is the real thing. But listen... Everyone who sees it will realize that if there's a copy, there must be an original. Your job is not to be Jesus. It's to let everybody know there is a Jesus. Your job is not to be the answer to people's lives. Neither is mine. But my job is to be a faint copy of the original so that everybody that sees it will look further down and go, well, if there's a copy, there must be an original. There are no counterfeit $7 bills. Think about it a minute. I was in England a few years ago when a friend of mine in the church there was selling these particular pens that you could mark, I think it was either a 20 pound or a 50 pound, I don't know what it was, what denomination. But they were counterfeits of them all the way through England. And he was making an absolute bucket selling these pens that could determine, tell you whether it was a counterfeit or not. But you know, there's no counterfeit $30 bills. And the reason there aren't is because there's no real $30 bills. There's no counterfeit $7 notes because there's no real $7. If there is a copy, it automatically tells you that there obviously is an original. And just like you and I are following Christ, He says, this is what I'm making you to look like. You might only be a faint copy, but that's the picture that I'm preparing, that I'm making. That's what you're going to end up looking like. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says this, now thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. Watch this, in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Every place you go in the same way as this, you can create the faint copy. You and I wear the fragrance of Christ. Similar kind of a deal. Do you know that every single human that is on the planet, you can put the same fragrance on them and it will smell differently on every one. Might be the same smell in the bottle, but when it gets on you it'll change to mix a bit of you with a bit of the fragrance. In the same way, listen, the way you wear Jesus will look differently to the way I wear Jesus. Same image that God is headed for. It's going to look like Jesus, but every one of us are going to have a different way. Some of you here will reference and display an intellectual Jesus. You think like that. That's your thing. That's the way you do it. Others of us here will reference and display uh, a Jesus of the, in our emotions and the way we do relationships and we'll reference Christ like that. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter. You'll have your own expression, but it's all the same image. It's all the same one at the back of it. When you forgive somebody, you are referencing, you are displaying the image of Christ. When you give like we just did to hope Christmas and celebrate what's going to happen there. Do you know in this church, we do not have clients of hope. We decided years ago that whether you walk in the front door or the back door, you are a guest of our church. And so one of the key things that Yvonne and all those that have gone before her have worked so hard to keep going is that we never treat people like you're just another needy person. But you are a guest. And the stories all the time, come next week and hear some, are the stories of people that have been impacted not by what was given, but by the spirit with which it was given. When you bless somebody, when you serve somebody, when you help somebody, you smell like Jesus. Amen? The guys came down from a week on a boat. I picked them up at the airport. Rhonda and I are in the front two seats. Tim and Hal are in the back two seats along with all their diving gear. They hadn't showered for a week. They hadn't shaved for a week. I'm pretty sure one of them was wearing the clothes he'd worn all week. And I got in the car and the windows are up. As I'm exiting the car park, I put the window down and discovered the smell of fresh air. <laughs> we drove to dinner with the window down because one of them was giving off the odour Of themselves. That did not attract. Can I tell you that what what you do attracts people or repels people? Come on. The fragrance you give off. Let me talk about driving for a minute. Because my big stumbling block, I've got to be honest, I'm in a hurry to get everywhere. I, I just wonder how come people can't drive properly. How hard is it to go round a roundabout? How hard is it to put your indicator on when you're about to leave, not going round and round and round? Why do you put your right indicator on and then go off left? What's the matter with you? Can't you see the sign there that says 60, not 47? I've got to be honest that if you're in the car with me on some days, there's very little of the fragrance of Christ. You'll take a deep breath and go, oh, that stinks like Jeff. (laughs) That smells like Jeff right there. God says this, that the way you live, watch this in Acts chapter four and verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Watch this. And they realized They'd been with Jesus. Something about the way these men lived. It wasn't just the boldness of their deeds. It wasn't about their intellect. It was who they'd been with. Have you ever hugged somebody and walked away carrying a bit of their smell? No? No, I have. Good and bad. Huh? I go to weddings because I'm taller than average, you know, I come away and I've got makeup all over my jacket and my suit because they all come up and hug you and I smell like, I smell like the Helena Rubinstein counter. And I'm not even sure there is one. Not anymore. They realised they'd been with Jesus. Do you know that after you've been to church, after you've been worshipping, after you've been reading the Bible at home, after you've been praying, after you've done chapel or whatever you're doing, Whenever you're in that space, you come out and you're not aware of it, but you smell like Christ. I actually like perfume. Book of Proverbs says, perfume rejoices the heart. So if I want to feel happy, I just spray a bit on. (laughs) I remember once getting in a car with David McDonald, who was a dairy farmer, when he got saved. And uh, I think he thought soap was an optional extra. <laughs> and I got in the car and whatever I'd put on was, well, just it was called Odie Strong. <laughs> I got in the car and he went, whoa what's that? You know, but I didn't think anything of it because I was so used to it. I never thought anything of it. Do you know a whole lot of you here, you go about with the fragrance of Christ and you just think you're being ordinary. But something about it, come on something about you. Come on. I want you to go, man, whenever, it says in every place. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to wherever it is that you've got to go and do whatever you've got to do, when we go down to the, the zone in Dunsborough and walking through, I pray that it's more than red lollies that we hand out to people. I pray that there's something of the fragrance of Christ. It's the one night of the entire year when I'm cool. One of the reasons I keep going back, they all come up to me, they're all, I've got, I've got grandkids almost their age. They're going, oh, we love you guys. And I was going, really? But I pray that it's a lot more than simply a lolly. I pray there's the fragrance of Christ. If you come to hope amidst all the busyness and the chaos that sometimes can be down there with people coming all over the place, people coming in to go all their needs. But I pray that there's something of the fragrance of Jesus that they go, this is not like everywhere else. They realize they've been with Jesus. We're just a faint copy, but we're at least we're a copy. At least He's making us to look like Christ. So, how is God going to do that? Well, the key is in that word image for a start. Number one, yield to the pressure of the Holy Spirit. You can't do that thing there. You can't make that picture without any pressure. It's actually the right amount of pressure. Too much and you'll break that soft lead. Too little and you get no image. Trust me, because we took about six goes to get it. There's a gentle pressure of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I got saved, it's a long while ago, but when I got saved, I actually thought I was going crazy at one point. I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, you've got to help me. I think I'm losing my mind because I keep feeling every time I just leave my trousers on my jeans on the ground where I got out of them which made sense when you're a single young man because then you know where they are in the morning. I said, I feel, I didn't even know what the word conviction was. I said, I feel like I've got to go and hang them up. I said, if I go to throw a piece of paper out the window of the car, I feel bad. And, I, and I, 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 am I all right? I was only a young Christian he wisely said to me, he said, that's the Holy Spirit and he's shaping you. Now I look back many years later and I go, thank God for that gentle pressure of the Holy Spirit in ways and in spaces that I thought were irrelevant. I thought what he'd do, do would become and fill me full of Bible knowledge. I, I thought my hand would glow shake a little bit I thought my voice would turn into a bit of King James yay I thought I'd get that Holy Spirit twitch that I'd seen in some other people instead of that the Holy Spirit says pick up your jeans (laughs) and I'm there going that cannot be God if it was God he would tell me go and cast out demons Go and heal the sick. And he'd, he'd have that little thing at the end of it. He'd say, sick. Because see, I'd heard him prophesy in church and they all sounded like that. And God uh, will move on uh, in your life. And I thought, tell these people, speak English. Instead of that, the Holy Spirit says to me, don't chuck your paper out the window. I look back now and I I go, thank God that the Holy Spirit started shaping me to look like Jesus by shaping some of the parts of my life I thought didn't matter. Romans 6 and verse 16 says, Every time you yield to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, a bit more of Jesus appears. It doesn't say it like that. It says it like this. Don't you realize you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. God wants more than just believers. He wants becomers. The greatest work of God is not a healing or a miracle, but changing you and I to look like Christ. Here's the second thing. Yield to the gentle pressure of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, be slow to judge yourself and others. Every single one of us is under construction. You know, when a building is under construction, it often looks chaotic and messy. They've been building a few houses out near where we live. And, you know, when they first clear the block, it's just sand with a few weeds on it. Then in comes the, the bobcat, smooths it all out. Some guy gets out of levels, puts in a few pegs, but you can't live in that. Then eventually the guys come and put up the form work and someone pours the slab, but you can't live in that. Then after that along comes the carpenters and they erect the timber frame or however it is they're going to build it, but you can't live in that. And then along come eventually the roofers and they put a roof on, but you can't even live really in that. It's got no power or anything else. It takes a long while before what the, the architect could see becomes visible to everybody else. Listen to me. Because some of us here, we start looking at ourselves and go, but I'm not there yet. But look what I've done. Look how I just thought. Look what I just had pop up in my mind. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says, Now may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, Make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. And all of that would be just dandy and fine, except it's followed by verse 24. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Even though right now it might look messy. And chaotic, He says, if I started it, I intend to finish it. I said to someone during the week, we were talking about something like this. I said, you know, Jesus has been waiting 2,000 years for his bride to be ready. I think he can wait a little bit longer for you. Because some of us, we think, well, I've been a Christian for one year, five years, two months, two days. Six years, 10 years, 20 years? How many people here you've been saved for 40 years and you're still going, God, help me. Jesus, come on, I, I do. Go and read my journal in the morning, Jesus, help me. You know, if you read it, you, you wouldn't think, Boy, he's got it all together. You'd go, this man needs Jesus. And you'd be right. Now, am I better than what I used to be? Oh, much, much different. But do you know what? I'm still under construction. Never look at another believer and think, well, they ought to know better. What's the matter with them? Be slow to judge yourself and others. doesn't mean we don't have standards and we're not trying to live towards something because that's number three. Turn off the voice of the critic and the accuser. Have a look at these photos up here. Uh, this is La Sagrada da Familia. When the photos come up, turn off the voice of the critic and the accuser. And and I will slowly pull that down. Just need to be a little bit taller. And pull that down. You can see the towers of La Sagrada da Familia. My wife and I were there with Mark and Andrew. Was that the year before last? 16? Mark said to me, that's the first time in my life i've seen you speechless i walked in and was like it is the most amazing human construction i've ever seen in my life the choir loft seats either it's either 6 or 800 people in the choir loft It's the most incredible building. I think we've got another photo, do we? Let's give you another look at it. Absolutely amazing. Antonio Gaudi was the architect on that. They started construction in 1882. So that's been 136 years so far, and they still haven't finished. We want to go back in 2026, I think it is. They reckon they're going to be finished, finally. But here's the thing. When Antonio Gaudi told everybody this is what it was going to look like, first of all, everybody said to him, that's impossible. Because he wanted to create inside of each one of those, all the pillars inside the church. I think I've got this right. Start off as squares and become circles by the time they hit the top. They said, you can't build that. He wanted to do something no engineer had ever done. He wanted to build these particular parabolic curves. They said, there's no technology. There's no skill for that. He said, no, we can. And so he started. And if you go into there on the tour, you can go down into the museum of it and see the models that he made. He built it all upside down so that he could get the curves right. But everyone told him it couldn't happen. They said there wasn't enough money. They said, it can't be done, it'll never happen. Last year, over three million people visited La Sagrada da Familia. Not bad for something that everybody said would never get finished or even started. The truth is, there's a lot of critics. There's always going to be somebody telling you what can't be done. You won't make it. Come on, if you've been a Christian a long time, you will have had someone tell me your vision will never happen. That'll never work. How can you do that? How do you get three and a half thousand kids in the sixth poorest country in the world, fifth most corrupt? That'll never work. Well, apparently it will. You can't build a church in the inner city with 13 car bays. Well, apparently you can. There's always going to be someone telling you why it can't be done. Revelation chapter 12, isn't it? Verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, watch this, who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. There is somebody that wants to keep telling you that you won't make it. There is somebody. Hello. Now, I don't know. There's nowhere in that verse that says, and after you've been a Christian for five years, he disappears. And he never comes back. Matthew 4 and verse 11. I'll chuck this in just while I'm at it. Matthew 4 and verse 11. It says this, and the devil leaveth him. And that makes it sound like the devil never bothered Jesus ever again. But if you read the other gospel where it says that, it says, and the devil left him waiting for a more opportune time. Come on, I want to talk to some of you people who have been Christians for 30 years. And you think, well, surely by now the devil will have left me alone. Well, apparently not. Apparently as long as you're breathing, there is an accuser of your breath. When Revelation 12 and verse 10 comes to pass, he's finished. His voice will be stopped. He'll no longer be able to accuse. But for right now, he's going to keep at you. So come on, let's not get too, let's get aware and smart enough that when the devil gives you stuff, Don't fall over, huh? So I know whose voice that is. Here's number four. Focus on what he's building, not what's broken. Focus on what he's building, not what's broken. You go to the building site and it's full of rubble and you go, well, that'll never happen. That'll never work. The reality is that if you are going to build something great, you go see what's being built, not what's broken. So stop looking at your life about what's not right, and start looking at what is right. You know, some days, as as your pastor, some days where you got so many challenges, so many problems, so many things that are coming your way, that if you're not careful, you can get so locked onto those and forget. That's why I'm a big fan of telling stories and hearing stories from people in our church. We had our volunteer celebration last weekend. Thor and Marty from the youth start talking about some of the young people that are just radically encountering Christ in our youth. What an amazing I love hearing that story, and stories like it. I love hearing about how because see otherwise, you start looking at what's broken. And do you know in every life and in every church, there's going to be some broken? Here's the last one, fifth one I'm finished. If you and I want to see God build something great in our life, make us like Jesus, we've got to keep staying in the right environments. You couldn't do that if the paper could get up and keep on moving. Matter of fact, can I tell you, one of the problems we had while we were filming that was that the paper kept moving. Eventually, I went and got some tape, and you can't see it in the video, we taped it down. Because unless we held it in one place, the image never looked like, it didn't look like a 50 cent coin, it just looked like a scribble on a piece of paper. That's exactly what you and I look like when we keep jumping in and out of the environments that God says are going to build something great in your life. Can I just be honest and say, I'm a big fan. I know now that we go, well, you know, we don't have to come to church. I go, oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah, we do. Now I realise there's we're all coming and going. Though. I'm not I'm I'm not saying anything about why people aren't here or whatever. I'm just saying get into the right environment as often as you can. That's all I'm saying. So please don't go out here thinking, well, you know, he, he saw that I wasn't here last week and he was aiming at me. <laughs> How'd you guess? <laughs> no, seriously, I wouldn't know. I don't. That's not the way it works. But I want to be in the right environment. You know. I know this, that every single service I'm in, I come out better than the way I went in. You know, I know when I wake up in the morning and I sit with my Bible and, and read it in journal, I walk out of that room better than the way I walked in. It doesn't matter how I slept. It doesn't matter what happened last night or the day before. I come out of there going, I think I can look a bit more like Jesus. Amen. How about we pray? Heavenly Father, help us today. Every single one of us, Lord, part of being a believer is that we want to look like Jesus. We really just want to end up looking like you, Lord. If we're only a faint copy, Lord, at least we carry your image, your mark in our life. Something about us influences other people. We wear the fragrance of Christ. We want to be like the disciples. They couldn't figure them out. But "But I can tell you've been with Jesus, haven't you? So Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for the wonderful ministries and generosity and serving and helping that happens all across the life of this church. People just going about looking like Jesus, smelling like Christ. Thank you for that. Father, I pray for any man or woman here in this place who's never begun the journey of believing that leads to becoming... They end up looking like you because they started with the point of believing. Help them today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. There's lots of ways you can begin a journey with Christ. One of those ways is to simply ask Jesus to come into your life. It's as simple as that. I talk to people of all different backgrounds all the time. I'm amazed how many people think that faith is a feeling. And then i have got to feel something incredible. And if I haven't seen an angel and if I haven't had goosebumps, then I can't believe it. I go, no, that's not faith. The Bible actually says the faith you need to save you doesn't actually come from you, but God gives it to you when you open your heart to God. There are people in this church who were never raised in Christian homes, Christian backgrounds, any kind of faith background at all. How did they come to Christ? They came to Christ by saying, Jesus, I want to know you. Trusting Him, opening the door, and He comes into their life. Just while the heads and bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you and you want to start a walk with God, or you need to start it again, because you go, I've wandered away, then I want to pray with you right where you're set. Lead you in a simple prayer right where you are. Won't embarrass you, it'll help you. But right where you are, you can say, I'm going to start following Jesus today. Jesus, I want to know you. If that's you, just so I know I'm praying for you. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are, please, so I can see you. Just put it up wherever you are. That's you. I see you over there. Thank you. I see you down there. Yeah, great. Yep, I see you over there, sir. Yep, I see you down there, madam. See you guys over there. Anybody else just wherever you are, say, that's me. Jeff, I need to. Open my heart to Jesus today. We were singing the song, Jesus is at the center of it all. That's not because we are so lame-brained we can't imagine any kind of life. It's because we realize the power that Christ brings. If you raised your hand right where you sit, would you pray this prayer? Just say it loud enough to hear yourself say the words. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me because I matter to you come into my life, I want to walk with you for the rest of my days. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for those people. Pray God today that as they keep walking with you, Jesus, you're the Savior. We aren't. And I know you're well able to save them, to turn their life around from the inside out. Thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. One of the exciting things, look this way a minute. One of the exciting things that we've seen people doing is texting yes to that number 0488 826 392. We've got plans underway to do it so that wherever you are around the world, because we've actually had people asking us from overseas, how do I do that? How do I start that? There's a young woman down on the frogs team who about eight weeks ago, sitting right over there, came to the service, first time ever in church, texted yes, none of us knew about it because it's private. For the next 30 days, she gets the text, she gets the prayer to pray at the end. She said to me when she came back to Perth, she said, you know, you would be a staggered at how often what came in on that day was exactly what I needed that day. Has been profoundly born again impacted for Christ. Down serving with frogs already. Why? Because yes, texts work. You can start following Christ, 0488826392. I'd love you to do that. If you raised your hand, simply go to the Connect Hub. Say, oh, I prayed the prayer. They'll give you some resources that'll help you get started. If you don't have the the, the phone or the web or whatever to be able to do that, Let them give you the literature and every resource that you need in Jesus' name. Let's give all those people a big hand.